Today's gospel is from Luke chapter 23. Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with Jesus. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do not fear God, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Word of God, word of life. a few weeks ago, and in the Uber from the airport, I noticed white cars with large discs on the top of them, and I hadn't seen this kind of car before, so I wondered if they were some kind of hybrid emergency vehicle. It wasn't until I got to the heart of the city, when I was walking the streets, that I realized there were no drivers in these cars. And as I walked across the street at an intersection, the driverless car sensed my presence as it came up the hill, and it stopped as I crossed the street. Come to learn that these cars make their way day and night in the streets of San Francisco, collecting data to build artificial intelligence on directions and pedestrian traffic and road hazards was one of those moments when I realized the future is not coming, it is here. About the same time, I listened to the On Being podcast where Krista Tippett interviewed Reid Hoffman, the former co-founder and executive chairman of LinkedIn. Hoffman is an internet entrepreneur and an investor in chat GPT. In fact, Hoffman just co-authored a book with ChatGPT4 called Impromptu, Amplifying Our Humanity Through Artificial Intelligence. And he also newly founded a a company, Inflection AI, which is the creator of Pi, a supportive and empathic artificial intelligence. Now, I commend this podcast to you, I really do because the conversations travel in so many different directions. To learn that AI has been created by some two trillion words, 
learning from what we have learned as humans. And what Hoffman talked about is we can impart our humanness to this newly formed technology. And as we shape this crafting, we become co-evolutionaries with technology. The hope is that it adds a creative, emotional aspect of being human. And Hoffman says, we're not far off from each having our own personal intelligent assistant to help us with technical fixes and also to help us navigate social interactions, all with the possibility of elevating humanity. So I decided to try Pi myself. You just ask a question and it will answer, and it answers pretty well. Hi, Pi. What do you think the future of the church is? Well, this is a pretty interesting question, Beth, it typed away. I think the future of the church depends on a lot of different factors, but there's some trends that can help us get an idea of where things are headed. One thing that's interesting is that religious affiliation is on the decline, but more people seem to be identifying as spiritual. It's possible that this may mean that people will start to move away from organized religion and instead focus on individual spiritual growth. Beth, what are your thoughts on the future of the church? Well, Pi, if individual spiritual growth alone is a part of the future of the church, then we're really going to miss community. And just about every story in the Bible speaks to how God brings people together to live justly and to have companionship, to hold and to speak and to support in this really broken world when we all have things that we are wrestling with, doubts and questions too much to hold on our own. Because if you just want to look around for a minute, these are the people who will go through life with you. I'm just not sure we can do church alone. The story from Luke is told on Good Friday, and today it finds us even before we have encountered Christmas. Luke is the only gospel writer to mention the conversation between the two criminals who were crucified with Jesus. They're at the cross or the skull, as Luke writes about, the place that shows what the regime of power can and will do. We hear from one criminal that mocks Jesus as he faces his own death, and the other who names Jesus' identity and innocence and says, you are the Savior. And there, with death just breaths away, the criminal next to Jesus asks for forgiveness. And Jesus hears and proclaims, it will be so today. At the moment of condemnation, there is absolution. In death, a new beginning, albeit no one seemed to notice. 
This is not a happy ending. All three still die. But God anchors from this place the story of salvation. And God's will from death goes beyond into life. We are never told exactly what these criminals have done to deserve crucifixion, although scholars will will tell us about insurrection. We don't know who they killed or what they destroyed. Their deaths justifiable by the government, but Jesus' forgiveness still comes to the guilty and the sinful, the one who seeks forgiveness even in the moment of death. And so it is with the story of God becoming flesh. We just can't take the easy parts, the stories that we love that bring us comfort and make sense. The word of God and story of Jesus, it's living. And it has for thousands of years been told, written down, and proclaimed. We can't control the message. It has its way. And it is the lifeline to faith. Martin Luther on this Reformation Sunday says about the proclamation of God's word in the formula of Concord. For the Holy Spirit enlightens and converts hearts through the word that is proclaimed and heard so that people believe the word and say yes to it. Therefore, neither the preacher nor the hearer should doubt this grace and activity of the Holy Spirit but they should be certain that when the word of God is preached purely and clearly according to God's command and will, and people listen to it seriously and diligently and meditate upon it, God will certainly be present with God's grace and give, as it has been said, what human being otherwise could neither receive nor take on the basis of their own powers. We're nearing the end of 2023, Mount Olivet, and it hasn't been a year without change and pain. As a community, we paid off a mortgage. The church no longer has debt. And we made the difficult decision to close the Child Learning Center. Both are endings, each in a different way. And they are also both a part of the future of this church. A future that is being spoken each time we gather for worship. Forgiveness proclaimed and a call to bear Christ in how we speak and act each day. More than any other technical detail, this year has held relationships and connections and bridges. The space in between events when conversations and questions and differing opinions and consolation happen. Mount Olivet is a community at heart, centered on God's love through Jesus. It's imperfect and alive, and something we invest in and we grow with. We are each a part of Mount Olivet, as are the people who have gone before us and this generation yet to come. Maybe artificial intelligence will be part of the church moving ahead. I bet Pi could write a sermon on Luke 23, and maybe it would be pretty good. And maybe we can ask Pi the big questions of our time, and it will respond with an insight we need. But what we would miss is the heart and the humanness 
of proclaiming God who chooses to be right here with us as we wrestle and try to figure it out. The strange gift that God brings when the word is proclaimed through the imperfectness of being human, speaking to people with hearts that need softening and prayers that need to be heard. It manifests when people are gathered as embodied humans. And as much as we can automate, there is a human connection and the need to connect with a living God. Unfinished as it is, it's our story and one we have been called to live. And the word and presence of God is with us as we make our way. A few years after Randy and I were married, we bought new bedroom furniture, and when it arrived, the delivery people set everything up for us. But we needed to move things around, or maybe it was me who wanted to move things around, which meant disassembling the bed frame. It was such a pain. And we were both very careful not to scratch the floor or the wood on the frame during the shuffling. And we were close to completion, trying to connect the low floor footboard with the side rail, but something slipped and in an instant, there was a huge gouge in the footboard. I was so furious and frustrated. I just wanted to spit tacks. We were being so careful not to damage everything. And I could tell by the mark that the wood filler would never erase this blemish. Randy just looked at me and said, now it's ours, Beth, and he walked out of the room. Oof. <laughs> His words lingered in the air like a puff of smoke. And my angered response was silence, which doesn't always happen. I could not say anything else because he had said it all. Now it's ours. I knew exactly what he was saying to me. We can't outdo it. We can't trade it in for a new unmarked model. The scratch evidence of our story. And I now can attest to nearly 20 years of marriage that our story is probably like yours. It's not without the scars of life. And it's what makes us, us. As we look ahead to this next year as a church, it's clear that this church exists because of God. Over 140 years ago, a small group of people near Medicine Lake heard a call to form a church. The first meeting and homes and then scrapping together farmland and enough resources to build a little chapel, to make space for graves and also for life. Step by step, hard decision by hard decision, opinions of all kinds, Sunday by Sunday and each day in between, this is Mount Olivet's story and it continues. And some of you have been around long enough to see the arc of the easy days and the hard ones as the church has changed for the sake of the gospel. I really can't tell you what the future will hold, but God's mission leads us ahead. 
and it takes all of us to make it happen, investing and showing up because the story is God's and it's lived out through us. Now it is ours. Amen.